0: The summer winding down, School's about to start back, hard to believe that it's that time of year again. And uh, as a result of that, I know that vacation time is short. And so we pray for those that are traveling at this time and hope and pray that they'll have a safe trip. If you're on the road this week, we pray for you. We're going to be looking today at 2 Peter chapter 2, the passage that was read a moment ago. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. I want to begin today by saying one of the greatest blessings that you will ever enjoy in this life is to be a Christian. All other blessings pale in comparison to being a child of God. It is a tremendous blessing to be a part of God's family, to be identified as a child of King Jesus, in 2 Peter chapter two, verses 20 through 22, Peter pictures the life of a Christian, whose life, as we would say, has come full circle. The picture is that of somebody who is in the world and comes to a knowledge of the truth of God, based on that knowledge, obeys the gospel enjoying the blessings of salvation, freedom from sin, and then, for any number of reasons, goes back into the world, leaving a life of freedom in Christ. Sadly, the picture is that of someone who gets caught up in this lifestyle. And for many, they never see their way back home. So the picture again, somebody in sin, cleansed, and then back to a life of sin again. There are three key words I want to call attention to in our study today because I think these three key words will help you to remember what Peter is talking about. First, there is the term escape. The second, the word entangled. The third, the term end. I want to begin by talking about those who have escaped a life of sin. Note with me, if you would, in verse 20. Peter said, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is talking here about the key of knowledge. The beauty of the key of knowledge is it unlocks the door to salvation, doesn't it? First, it opens the door... To an education about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an interesting question posed by Jesus in John chapter 9. In that context, Jesus gives sight to a man that had been born blind. In the latter part of that chapter, Jesus raises a question to this man. He said, do you believe in the Son of God? I was thinking about that question this week and how relevant it is in this day and time. Now you just imagine, here is the Son of God, and he's asking somebody, do you believe in the Son of God? Well, this man responds by asking the Lord, who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? Did you know that we live in a day and time in a world today in which many people do not know the Son of God? They don't know anything about him. Oh, they've heard about Jesus, and maybe they have some scant knowledge of Jesus as revealed in the Scriptures. But they don't know anything about him. They don't understand his deity. They have no idea that God in the long ago promised to send his son into the world. The son we're talking about is the second member of the Godhead. He is identified by Matthew as Emmanuel, God with us. He was, as John said, the Word who became flesh. And John said, He dwelt among us. And he said, We beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father. There are people today that have no idea who the Son of God is. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead, came to earth... To save you from sin. To save all of us from sin. The angel said to Joseph in the long ago that Mary would bring forth a son. And he said, you will call his name Jesus for it is he who will save you from your sins. Jesus came, as he said in Luke 19 verse 10, to seek and to save the lost. And so we talk about the sacrificial life of the Son of God. His submissive will in coming to earth. Jesus came to fulfill the will of Almighty God. That will was to redeem the human family. As Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, Jesus has made peace through the blood of his cross for all of us today. And so, the key of knowledge. First, it opens the door to an education about the Christ. Secondly, it opens the door to liberation in Christ. Did you know the Bible says that salvation is in Christ? Paul wrote in second Timothy chapter 2 verse 10, "Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory." Salvation is exclusively in Jesus. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we can be saved through Jesus. Do you remember Jesus saying in John 8, verse 32, You shall know the truth, and he said the truth shall make you free. When we obey the gospel of Christ, we enjoy salvation from sin. What did Jesus say in Mark 16? He said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Those who come to an understanding that Jesus is the Son of God, the great I am, John eight, verse twenty four. Turn from a life of sin through repentance, Luke thirteen three, confess his name before others, Acts eight, verse thirty seven, and are then baptized into Christ, enjoy in the cleansing power of his blood and thereby are added to the body of Christ, Acts 2, verse 38, and verse 47. Those people so identified by Luke in Acts chapter 2 are members of the body of Christ, members of the church of Christ. They are the saved. When you belong to the body of Christ, you are the saved, and you are the sanctified. The Bible tells us that we're sanctified By His Word. Jesus said, Sanctify them in truth. Your Word is truth. John 17, 17. When Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, he wrote to those who had been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. So when you obey the gospel of Christ, you enjoy liberation. You are saved, you're sanctified, and you enjoy security in Christ. John said in 1 John chapter 5, that if we are in the Son, we have life. Those who are not in the Son do not have life. Those of us who are in the Son, we enjoy the quality of life defined as eternal, according to 1 John 2, verse 25. We live in hope of life eternal, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. So, the key of knowledge, it opens the door to an education about the Christ, It opens the door to liberation in Christ. And it opens the door to the regulations in Christ. You see, when you become a child of God, you can't just do as you please. Well, why is that? Because you belong to the Lord. Because you have to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord. He is your master. He is the one that dictates how we're to live here on planet Earth, isn't it? The Bible tells us that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And Jesus Christ, having been entrusted with all authority in heaven and on earth, has the right to rule and regulate my life. What is the Lord's desire for me? Number one, that I be fruitful. The Bible tells us in John chapter 15, here's what Jesus said. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. And he said, then you shall be my disciples. One of the fruits that I bring forth is holiness. In second Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about those Christian graces that are to adorn our lives. He talks about how we are to add to our faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. He said, if these things be in you and abound, they make you so that you are not unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so we bring forth fruit unto Him. And then secondly, He wants us to be faithful, doesn't He? The idea of faithfulness is borne out in verses 20 through 22 of Second Peter. What he's saying is God demands faithfulness on the part of every person who belongs to the body of Christ. In James chapter 1 verse 12, James said, Blessed is a man that endures temptation. Well, why is that? Because he said, When he has been tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10, Be faithful until death. That is, in the face of death you be faithful. Now obviously that would carry with it the idea of being faithful until we come to the end of our days here upon planet earth. So first there is this escape. But then secondly, there is this word entanglement. First, escaping a life of sin. Secondly, becoming entangled once again in a life of sin. Listen now to what Peter said. For if after they have escaped the pollutions, the corruptions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. Now just pause here for a minute. Who's the culprit? Who is it that that is out here entangling members of the body of Christ in a life of sin? Would it not be Satan? Satan? Did Peter not say in 1 Peter chapter 5, Be sober, be vigilant? Who's he writing to? Christians. He said, Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In verse 9 of chapter 5, he said, Whom withstand steadfast in the faith? The devil is doing everything he can to ensnare those of us who belong to the body of Christ. Second 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul pictures those who are taken captive by the devil to do his will. In other words, he captures them. He ensnares them. He imprisons them. In what? A life of sin. The picture is somebody, the picture that Peter is painting here, is that of somebody who obeys the gospel and then becomes entangled once again in a life of sin. He speaks of those who forsake the right way. Look at verse 15, chapter 2, 2 Peter. He said, they have forsaken the right way. That would imply that there is a wrong way. Here are people that had been on the right road. They had been following the Son of God. Their lives had been made pure and just in the eyes of God. And now what they've said is, we're going back to that old way of life. They have forsaken the right way. Did you know there is a right way and a wrong way? There is a way of truth and a way of error. There is a way described as good and there is a way that is described Described as evil or bad. These people have chosen to forsake the right way. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about the seed of the kingdom that falls on the hearts and lives of people. And he speaks of those who allow tribulation and persecution to cause people to stumble and fall. He speaks of those who allow the cares of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches to choke the word. And he said, they become unfruitful. Why do people forsake the right way? Having a clear and accurate understanding of what the Lord asks? There are a lot of folks in the world today, they obey the gospel. And then here's what happens. They get so caught up in their job. They're so concerned about making a dollar, they work sun up to sun down, from can to can't, can't. They're so consumed with climbing the corporate ladder, they forget about their relationship to God. Seven days a week, thinking solely about their employment. All of us need a job. All of us are grateful for our jobs, but we understand God comes first. Some people forsake the right way because they love their job more than they love God. Some people forsake the right way because the allurements of the world are so strong. Can you have fun in the world? You better believe you can. There are a lot of things that can bring pleasure and gratification in the world. There are a lot of folks that last night, they had a lot of fun, in bars and honky-tonks and places around town. I can promise you that. A lot of fun. There are people all across this city that had fun last night, gambling and doing things they shouldn't do. Why? Because they enjoy that. And sadly, there are people in the church, people in the Lord's church that were doing those things. Do they know better? Yes. Well, what happened? They have forsaken the right way. What about people in the Lord's church that engage in premarital sexual relations, extramarital relations, and they say, I enjoy it. Did you know if that's the case, you've forsaken the right way? You have jeopardized your relationship to the Lord, eternally speaking. You see, Peter's talking about people that forsake the right way. A lot of things can come between us and the Lord. That's why we have to be on guard, because the devil's doing everything within his power to destroy and circumvent our faith in God. So we've got to strive to stay on that straight and narrow road that leads to life. As Jesus said, the broad road, it leads to destruction. And many are on that road. So there are some who have forsaken the right way. And then secondly, I would add too, that they have forgotten the right way. Two things very quickly to share here. If you stay out of God's Word, then the real danger is, number one, you're going to forsake the right way, and number two, you're going to forget about the right way. A moment ago, we partook of the Lord's Supper. One of the reasons we partake of the Lord's Supper is, as Jesus said in partaking of the bread, this do in remembrance of me. You see, when I read and study the scriptures, I keep my mind fresh on the Word of God. So I've got to stay in the Word and I've got to stay in worship. Why? Because if I don't, there's the danger that I'll forget. Do you remember the people of God in the days of Jeremiah? God's people had been entrusted with the oracles of God according to Romans chapter 3. They had been involved in a covenant relationship with Almighty God. God had blessed them to the max, as we would say. He had given them so many good things in their lives. And yet here's Jeremiah. He's pleading with the people of God. They were about to go into Babylonian captivity. And Jeremiah asked the question, Can a maid forget her ornaments? Or a bride her attire? Now here's what he says. And yet my people have forgotten me days without number. How could that have happened? They had his word. They had his will. And what did they do? They forgot him. Let me tell you what. If you don't stay in this book, you'll forget your relationship to God. If you don't stay in worship on a regular basis, you'll forget about that relationship to God. And so, what happens? You become entangled in the world. And as Peter said, you become, he said, you're overcome. You're upside down in your relationship to God. Now, note if you would the continuation. He's going to talk now about the end of a life in sin. Pick up again in verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse than the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. First, the danger of turning away from the Lord. Do you know what that danger is? you are jeopardizing your fellowship with God. Right now, as children of God, what do we have? We have a relationship with the Lord, don't we? We're in full fellowship with Him. And in that fellowship, what do we enjoy? The blood of Jesus. Do you remember when John wrote in 1 John chapter 1, And he said, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's horizontal fellowship. And he said, the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. There is a difference in somebody who's trying to live a Christian life, who stumbles and falls, gets up, dusts himself off, repents, asks God to forgive him, and somebody who just says, you know what? I'm done with this way of life. I'm going back to the world. Let me give you an illustration. This morning it rained. It may have been the case that you were out driving during the rain. When when it rains, what do we do? We turn on our windshield wipers, don't we? And what, what do the windshield wipers do? They keep the windshield clean. So what John is saying is, if we're walking in the light, that blood of Jesus is constantly keeping us clean. Pure and just in the eyes of God. Now when I was a teenager, I had a little sports car. It looked great. The only problem was had a lot of problems internally. I remember had a lot of problems electrically speaking. So one time my windshield wipers went out. So I'm out driving around one Saturday night. I don't have any windshield wipers. So come to a red light, what do I have to do? Jump out, wipe that window off, move on. Try driving like that. Well, if you leave the Lord, that blood that was constantly keeping you clean, gone, gone. You don't have that blood anymore. Just like like if your windshield wipers don't work, you can't keep your windshield clean. If you leave the Lord, you don't have the benefits and the blessings of the blood of Christ availing in your life. You're out of fellowship with God. You're out of step with the Lord. You're out of harmony in his will. Now, not only are you in danger with regard to your fellowship, you have endangered your future. What's your future? If you're a young, if you're a young person, well, you got a lot of things before you, a lot of good times. I heard a fellow say one time, very wealthy man. He had the opportunity to speak at a commencement for a group of college students. And he said, I would trade places with you in a minute. He said, You could have all my wealth, I could go back and just be young again. But you know what? Be great. I'd like to be sitting where you are, but not possible. Why? Because you've got your whole life before you. You've got a future, a bright future. But as we grow older, we understand life's running out, wearing, we're wearing out. What about your future? We talk about our job, our family, our finances, all these things that we're planning for the future. What kind of future do you have? Did you know that if you're outside of Christ, if you leave the Lord, you don't have a future? You don't have any kind of future. Ever walk through the cemetery? It's amazing to walk through the cemetery and you see all these headstones and some are very elaborate. They've got now where they'll put pictures of the deceased on the tombstone. That body's in the cemetery. The real question is, where's that soul? If you died today as a child of God, where would you be? Do you have a future? Or have you mortgaged your future for the here and now? What Peter's saying is, if you leave the Lord, number one, Your fellowship with God, it's out the door. Number two, your future with God, out the door. Forget it. Forget about it. And by the way, listen to what he said. If you leave the Lord, he said, the latter end is worse than the beginning. It would have been better for you to... Not to have known the way of righteousness, than having known it and turned from the holy commandment delivered to you. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus said that those who knew their master's will and did not prepare themselves or do according to his will, they shall be beaten with many stripes. With opportunity and privilege come responsibility. What he's saying is, if you're a child of God and you leave the Lord, let me tell you what. You're in serious trouble. You have no idea the degree of trouble you're in. You're going to be held to a higher standard. Very quickly, look at verse 22. He paints a very graphic picture. He said, it's happened to them according to the true proverb, but... A dog returns to his own vomit, a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire, A very repulsive picture. Many of us have seen an animal vomit. And then begin licking that vomit up. That's the picture here. Nasty, repulsive. Or a pig, a sow. Clean it up, goes right back to the pig pen. I want to close today by saying this. If you are a child of God, and if perchance you have gone back into the world, you can't afford to die today. You can't afford to die in that condition tomorrow. Or next week. You know why? Because you'll be lost. Plain and simple. You'll be lost. So what I want you to do today is to think about your relationship to God. I want you to understand that there is a way back. Just as there is a way out, there's a way back. How do you come back? Well, you do like the prodigal did in Luke 15. You come to yourself. You come to your senses. You realize, you know what this life of sin, not all is cracked up to be. Sin paints a beautiful picture. It's all an illusion. The devil will promise you the world, but he will deliver nothing. Not a thing. So if you're here today and you're not faithful, I want to encourage you, come home. You know, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here today and you're not a child of God and you know you need to obey the gospel, you haven't done that, why not do it today? Believing that Jesus is the Son of God, repenting of your sins, confessing His name, being baptized into Christ, as Luke records in Acts 2.38, if you'll do that, God will forgive every sin. Let me tell you very quickly about a story that happened, well, an incident that happened Friday night. Came by the office Friday evening around... 5.45, 5.45, 6 o'clock, and Jared was meeting with a young fellow. When I walked in, this young fellow was sitting in a chair in Jared's office. And when I say he was dirty, I mean he was dirty from head to toe. Filthy. I was talking to Jared about being baptized. And so Jared and I were talking to him. And I said, you know, it's, it's ironic that you're wearing those dirty clothes. Filthy. I said, you know what? If you're baptized, all the dirt from a life of sin will be washed away. That young fellow was baptized. Put those old dirty clothes back on to leave. And I thought, you know what? Those dirty clothes don't tell the story anymore, do they? He dirty on the outside, but he was clean. If you've never been cleansed from sin, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you've never been in the muck and the mire of sin and just felt dirty, and I mean dirty, and then obey the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. Won't you come as we stand and sing?